This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. In our teaching time today, we're going to go over the Isaiah passage, Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 9. And this is an extremely interesting passage because it is the first of four of what are called servant songs, which means it describes, it's very messianic, of course, and it describes the mission of Jesus. There's Isaiah 42, there's Isaiah 49, there's Isaiah 50, and Isaiah 52, 13 to 53, 12. And so all of those songs, if songs, if you will, if you go and read them, there's always some reference to, I will do this, and he will do that, and he will do these things. And so this one is just like it, because it describes the mission of the Messiah. Now, the first word. What's the first word in this passage? Behold. Behold. Now, that means that the Father is letting us know that something that follows is important. Basically, if we're going to put it in our current lingo, if you will, it means the Father saying, check this out. What I'm getting ready to say is important, and you need to hear it. Then the Father says, my servant. Who's the servant here? All of us. Uh, that's true, too, but immediately, yeah, there we go. You remember the answer to every question in church is what? Jesus. Jesus, all right. So, it, the servant here is Jesus, but Gary is also correct. This passage can apply to all of us, anyone who is a servant of the Lord. And we are all supposed to be striving to be servants of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Okay. Now, how does God treat his servants? Well, you look at this passage and it says, my chosen. So he chooses us. And then he delights in us. And especially since this is messianic, he delights in Jesus. And then he says, I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the nations. So Jesus here is going to have that anointing by the Holy Spirit, as we read about in the gospel reading and in our Acts reading today, too. It speaks of that. But anyone who is a servant of the Lord is also going to have this same level of treatment from the Father in heaven. If we commit ourselves to follow Christ and to do his work and to be kingdom workers on this side of eternity, he's going to choose us. Or in this case, it will reflect the fact that we've already been chosen, but he's going to delight in us. He's going to give us His Holy Spirit so we may complete the task that He has assigned for us to do. And then we are going to be workers to bring about that kingdom. And that kingdom is going to bring forth justice. How are the servants to behave in this process? Well, 
It says he will not cry aloud or lift up his voice or make it heard in the streets. What this means is that we're not going to be loud and boastful. Talking about, I am a servant of the Lord, like anybody out there in the unsaved world really cares. And so we're not going to be loud and boastful about it. And we're not going to scream, yell and shout and make a big commotion. We're just going to go about the business of serving the Lord quietly. And we're going to do it regardless of what anybody says. But we're not going to try to draw attention to ourselves. Like when Jesus was looking at the little widow who was going to put in that little mite in the box. But before the widow, there were all these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes and chief priests going in there standing there really proud with their money in their hands and dropping it into the box so that it made a certain amount of noise so everyone could see that they're giving all this money to the temple. Uh-uh. That's not what we're supposed to be about. We go about the work of the Lord and try our best not to draw attention to ourselves. We just go about and do it. And believe me, if we do it that way, God will see to it that we get the appropriate honor at the appropriate time. And we don't have to stand on street corners and pray and hold up our hands, you know, like Jesus rebukes people for doing that in Matthew chapter 6. We're just going about the job of doing the Lord's work. And when we're doing the Lord's work, we will bring forth justice to the world because there is only one source for true justice in the world. Who is that? Jesus. Because the world has a really perverted sense of justice. You know, Joshua and I were talking last night about all the things that are going on in the world and how our laws seem to be written exactly backwards of how they need to be. Because the world has a perverted view of what justice means. And so the victim of the crimes gets overlooked. And who gets all the attention and compassion from the state? The one who committed the crime. Is that justice? No. So God is the one who brings about real justice in the world. And so if we are about the kingdom's business, we are going to be the ones who work to strive to bring about real justice. And what that also means is that we go out, we care for one another, we take care of one another. If we see a need out there, we do our best to meet it. We take care of those who are homeless, who have no food, who have no clothing or whatever. We go about the business of doing that. And it's the church's mission to do those things and not to delegate it to someone else. And that's true justice, where we take care of the oppressed, where we do our best to see to it that all of those who are still in bondage to human slavery, and there are a lot of those that are still slaves even to this day, some of them are right here in Wakefield. Now, I'm not going to go into the rest of the details of that, but we're supposed to be about the business of setting those people free and getting them out of that situation. Is it risky to try to do that? Probably. But did God tell us to worry about the risk? No. 
He said, just do it. Just do it. With His Spirit, we can keep going doing that work. And so, it's in verse 4. The servant of the Lord, he will not grow faint or be discouraged till he has established justice on the earth and the coastlines wait for his law. We are not going to get worn out and tired and discouraged even though if you're doing the Lord's work, if you're out witnessing or if you're doing any of those things and if nobody wants to hear you and if they even tell you to go away in some not-too-nice fashion, we don't get discouraged and we keep doing it because the results are up to God. What does it say? Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So we keep doing the Lord's work, whether we get any attention for it or not, and we let God bring about the results, and we just keep going and keep pressing on and not growing faint or discouraged, saying, oh God, I've been doing this ministry for you know, 30, 40 years, and I've only said four or five people that are converts. God, can't you kind of have them get more enthusiastic about the work than that? Nope. You say, Lord, I know that I haven't seen too many results with my own eyes, but Lord, I know that I've been planting the seed and I have been setting the stage for someone else to come along and water it. And I have been doing faithfully what you told me to do. So Lord, as long as I have breath, I'm going to keep doing it and let God bring about the results. Now, God says, thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. This tells us all the stuff that God did. But that leads up to verses 6 and 7. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will take you by the hand and keep you. I will give you as a covenant for the people a light for the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon and from the prison those who sit in darkness. So what we do is we say, God is more than happy to help us out when we're doing our work, or His work, basically. Look up, because He who created the heavens and the earth and stretched them out, He's going to bring about the results. And so we just keep pressing on. Now, The Lord says, and according to David Guzik, who wrote about this passage, I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness. So, because there was nothing unholy or unrighteous in my calling, you can be confident that the calling will be fulfilled. So, if God calls you to do something, the job's going to get done. We'll hold your hand. He says, I'm with you always to love and guide you. I will never leave you. I am holding your hand all the time. So when we're doing the Lord's work, we have him with us all the time. You will not get lost or left behind. I am always there to watch over you and to keep you. And you will fulfill the purpose I have called you to do. You will bring salvation not only to your people, but also to those who are afar off, who seem beyond salvation. Have you ever met somebody along the way where you looked at them and said, they're never going to get saved? Have you ever been tempted to do that with somebody 
because they seemed so callous, so hard-hearted, so mean-spirited that you can't imagine anyone like that ever being saved. But sometimes those are the people who are easiest to reach because they're the closest to the breaking point and they're ready for the good news. So we have those glorious promises and that we are going to be used by the Lord to do miraculous works of restoration and healing, both physically and spiritually. You will be used to bring sight and freedom to many. So all of those people who say that God doesn't still do all of those miraculous works, I'm here to tell you today that's wrong. And I'm here today because that's wrong. God still does healing. God still opens the eyes of the blind. And God still gives hearing to those who are deaf. Although sometimes you need a mechanical device to help you out. But God still does all of those things even today. And so Jesus, who is the ultimate servant, says to the apostles as you sent and to the Father, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So the Lord is the one who's doing the sending. We have been sent by God to do a miraculous work for His kingdom. And if God tells us to do it, and we confirm that it's God's will to do it, it will succeed eventually, because He does everything in His time. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.